You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, good morning, one and all. On this drizzly gray day. Yeah, yeah, it it is so. But a little ray of sunshine popped in the studio along with you, Uh, Kim Hunter. I'm not the ray Hmm? of sunshine. Clearly not me, the ray of sunshine. (laughs) Our special guest. You're a little walking around cloud sometimes. Uh, But not today. No, no. Kim Hunter is with us. Hi, Kim. Hi, how are you? Now, you can maybe explain why Kim is here. Well, Kim is one of my students from Durham College. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And uh, Paul Zamet of the Toronto Botanical Garden sponsored four of my students to attend the Ravine Symposium, which was all day yesterday at the TBG. Ah. Kim is here to report on that experience. Oh. She is actually being... Uh, Evaluated as we speak. She's, you know, there's a mark attached oh. to it. <laughs> All right, let's see. Okay, that. this is going to be tough. We're going to be tough on you. <laughs> but we won't, we won't force her into doing anything just yet. Instead, no. I'll let you do numbers and we'll Absolutely. do our, our usual. Uh, I tell see, we've already got some on. callers on the line, but we have uh, at least two more calls that we can't accept right now. So give a call if you're in Toronto to 416 360 Then anywhere in the province, it's toll free 1 866 Our little mantra, call early, call often. One question per call. If you happen to be a first-time caller, by the way, uh, let Sebastian know because that's when I reach for the little bell. That signifies you getting your garden wings. Oh, That's our big welcome. Yeah, and I have to do one more thing. I Mm, promised Mario at coffee (laughs) time there at the Aurora uh, intersection of Aurora Road and Woodbine. When I order my coffee, I usually on a Saturday morning say, can I have a banana too? Well, he came to the uh, window, handed me my coffee and said, here you go. And he Two bananas for the wow. price of one. So I said, I'm going to give you a shout-out. There's a song Don't that goes it. like that. Thank you, Mario. Ain't got no bananas. What's that song? Yes, we have no bananas. Yes, we have. Yeah, but we do. All righty. So that, that's two. my job pretty well complete. Uh, we have to leave the rest up to the listeners to get your call in in uh, very short order. We have to take a little bit of a break momentarily, but you do have some... I have a few announcements. Uh, announcements, yeah. Uh, right. Tomorrow, for those of you that are rhododendron fans, the Rhododendron Society is meeting... 1 p.m., Toronto Botanical Gardens in the Garden Hall. The speaker is Wayne Mezet of Weston Nursery in Massachusetts. They're the ones that produce the PJM rhododendron, mm-hmm. named after Wayne Mezet's grandfather, P.J. Mezet. Uh, so Wayne's going to be presenting all about how, you know, how that rhododendron mm-hmm. came about, and it is an amazing rhodo. If anybody loves rhododendrons, it's the one to get, the PJM. Uh, then there's a hands-on demo of proper planting uh-huh. of azaleas and rhodos, and of course it's so it's fun, educational, all free of charge, refreshments are provided, you know, it doesn't get more mm. fun than that on a cold... It's cold Sunday. It's going to be cold tonight. We're getting a serious frost tonight, I understand. Uh, Richmond Hill, uh, 
the Richmond Hill Garden and Hort Society is meeting on November 6th, mm-hmm. 7.30 p.m. in the McConaughey Senior Center, 10100, so 10100 Young Street in Richmond Hill. The guest speaker is Vicki Simkovic. She, her topic is invasive plants. So she's mm-hmm. going to introduce the native plant alternatives, plus how to remove invasive plants like dog strangling vine, garlic mustard, phragmites, etc. So again, Creeping Charlie. <laughs> Thank you, friend. <laughs> Just thought I'd try that. Yeah, mm. everybody loves that. I have a problem. I have creeping Charlie. <laughs> Frank gets a kick out of it every time. I always envisage Charlie with her wine bag doing some weeding at that particular point. Uh, my students don't know that part. Oh, of, really? Oh, my oh, Charlie. Don't worry about oh, okay. it. Okay, all right. That's it. That's just between enough us. Said. Okay. Yeah, that's enough said. We're okay. We're all like that. <laughs> the Riverdale Hort is meeting November fourteenth in the Frank. Land Community Center, 816 Logan Avenue, just south of the Danforth. Speaker that evening is Kevin Cavanaugh, owner of South Coast Garden. He's sharing what he has learned about zone pushing in their trial garden. Seven o'clock, everyone, of course, is welcome. And we had a great surprise when Kim and I stepped into the building. Our buddy Stanley was there with some pots of mums. Check this out. Wow. I'm going to put this so that you can see it. Look at, if oh anybody's watching they on camera. Beautiful. So there's a couple of pots of mums for each of us, and even Kim, as if Stanley didn't even know she was going to well, be here. But he Stanley. brought. So, so he's a sweetheart. And of course, he was here to remind us that the Chrysanthemum Show is on at Centennial Park Conservatory. That is started Until the yesterday. 26th, I think. Isn't uh, it? Exactly. 3rd to the 26th. Um, open daily, 10 to 5, free admission. Amazingly beautiful. If you want to blast of flower power, take a swing by Centennial Conservatory, which is at 151 Elmcrest Road, which is Rathburn and Renforth area. All right. Good. All righty, you location manager, you. Uh, (laughs) We're off and running in just a moment here. I have to have a few words from our sponsors and then be back to say hi to Helen just around the corner here in Toronto. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Beep, beep, beep. Correction, correction, correction. Uh, first time this year I made a mistake. First uh, time this year? Yeah. That's probably um, that's not I, true. I, I'd incorrectly uh, given a name to Kim. Her last name is Baker. Yes. Kim Baker. Sorry about that, Kim. Oh, that's okay. fine. Thank Alrighty. you. And we are off and running to uh, go to the calls on air. So let's say hi to Helen in Toronto. Good morning, Helen. Good morning. Morning. What's going on at your place? I have a cyclamen. Can you tell me how to care for it? Sure. Mm-hmm. Best thing it needs is a cool room. What kind of temperature do you keep your thermostat at? Oh, about 74. Okay. Is there any place, any window ledge that might be a little cooler than right in the middle of a 74-degree room? Um, yes. Good, because that will prolong the flowering. That The main thing with cyclamen is you want to keep them as cool as you can to prolong the flowering. They'll flower for months and months. Mm-hmm. If you can oh. keep them a little cooler than 74, be careful to not overwater. Only water from the bottom into the saucer in the bottom right. when the soil feels dry on the top. So feel the soil, starts to feel dry, water in the bottom, and bright. Give it a bright spot. Right on a window ledge is probably one of the coolest spots in, in your place, so that's where I'd try and keep it. Turn it. Every Every couple of days, 180 degrees, so it won't all lean into the light. Oh, I, I see, yes. Okay. Yes. 
and welcome to Kim on your show. Well, <laughs> well thank you very much, Helen. <laughs> and keep great. listening, Helen, because Kim's going to share with us some great uh, experiences she had yesterday at the Ravine Symposium. Yeah. Matter of fact, just before we go to our... Thank you very much for the call, Helen. Before we go to our next caller, just prior to going on air, I said, how, how did you uh, become interested in gardening? Has, has it been a long-time thing with you? So how, how did it all happen for you? Well, for me, it happened. It's um, actually a second career. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom, and both my children were in full-time school. And you get to that point, you're like, okay, what am I going to do now? Um, so there was another mother at the school. They owned a gardening maintenance company. And um, we went for lunch, and we started talking. And I said, you know what? I'll give it a shot. I'll come out with you. And um, I was telling you that my first three days were in spring, in April, pouring rain, freezing. And we were cutting dogwoods. Oh, man. Uh, hour after hour. hour days, days oh, of dogwoods. No. And that's what they said. They said, you know what? If she comes back and she can survive this, then she's a lifer and I am a lifer. That's, that's yeah. great. And you still work with the same company, don't you? No, I don't. I oh. do uh, work with another company. Uh, well, give them a right plug. Now. Give them a plug, can you? Oh, oh yeah, for, we can do that. Oh, Miss a Landscaping. Yes, they uh, they take very good care of me. So no, thank nice. you for that. Yeah, um, great. And yeah. you're Port Perry based, and is the yes. maintenance company also? Port yes, Perry? it is in okay. Nesselton. Ah, yes, nice. but we service um, all of Durham. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a great experience. Uh, I ran the uh, the gardening side of it. So good for you. Yes, it was fantastic. It was a it's, lot more responsibility. It's the old work. line: it's never too late. Absolutely. You know? never, yeah, never. and Kim is a good example of, mm-hmm. of students. Many of the students who are second career or yeah. pursuing their, their love, their hobby, and want to learn more. So, you know, Kim's in second year at yeah. Durham College. At, by the end of the winter semester, you'll have a diploma in, as a horticultural technician, right? That's right. Yes, yes. So yep. that's, a, that's quite a little feather in the cap. There's lots of opportunities for jobs. And you were asking Kim, like, what do you think you want to do? And, and what was your answer? Oh, it's just there's such a <laughs> wide variety in this, in this business. And, uh, you know, you just one door opens, you walk through it, and then another one opens. Yeah, so you yeah. just, it's continuing Well, as education. I commented uh, before we went on air, you're smart because you you know what you don't know. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's yeah. most important. Yeah. I just want to keep learning. There's just okay. so much to it. You just yeah. want to keep going. Yeah. Good for you, Kim. Thank you. Okay, we better get to our next caller here. Sharon on the line from West Lorne. Hey, good morning, Sharon. Good morning. i got to turn my radio down. Oh, good. Yep. A reminder <laughs> then. Uh, Sharon. We know. With good, that, morning, uh, good morning, Charlie. Yeah, good morning. And good morning, Kim. Oh. And good luck in your future career. Thank you so much. That's wonderful. Uh, what I'm calling for is about my Christmas cactus. Mm. Two weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, we had a light frost before that, but it was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, two weeks ago, we had a real good frost, and I missed getting on right at the last, last week for you. And uh, uh, I brought it in. I went out to, to bring it in, or to bring it into yeah. The garage, and um, I usually uh, leave it out till about the end of September. But I didn't get around to it this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I went out, it was just foom. You know, just, just the leaves were just. They, they had got it. We had got a good frost that night, but it was under a tree, and I didn't think too much of it mm-hmm. because you had said. I remember you saying about it can handle, yeah. The frost, you know, that it would stand up and whatever and that too, but it was a good frost, so mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. But anyway, I brought it in, put it in the garage, mm-hmm. and as I say, I missed getting on to you or on with you uh, last week and that too. So, what should I do? Um, Tell I've me. had it for quite some time. If I cut it back and take a, a, a slip off it or something, or okay, so hold on. Tell me what it looks like now. Is it standing it, up or is it mush? No, no, it's just kind of. 
droopy, droopy. like mush. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's in the garage. So, it's dark in the garage. Obviously, what's the soil like? Is it wet or dry? It's it's dry now. I haven't I haven't watered it. It was wet in that too when I brought it in or damp. You know, damp. Oh. Okay, so when you put it in the garage about a week ago, it still had moisture in the soil. Yes. And now a week later, the soil seems quite dry, but the plant is standing up or it's really no, flopped? It's, it's just, it's just kind of droopy. It's just kind of limp. Mm. You know what yeah. I would do? It could be that it's actually uh, fine. Well, uh, your intention is to bring it in the house, right? It, well, yes, eventually, yes. See what I, I, usually, I usually bring it in, as I say, around the end of September, first part of October, mm. and put it in a um, um, plastic bag and uh, spray it with some oh, spray okay. and that too to get all the bugs and whatever off. And then I take it out, leave it in that for a couple of days, and then I take it out and do the same thing again and whatever, and, that, and then bring it in so it doesn't. But it was it was it had buds on it, but the buds are yeah. Blackened. Okay, so the the only thing is, it would be happier in your house right now than in your garage, just because. It would like the light that it would receive through the window. Oh. So there is a certain amount of stressful as, um, aspect to sitting in a cold, dark garage right now than that would be alleviated if it was inside your house. Uh-huh. Um, the other thing is, really feel that soil. If it's truly dry, like, you know, desert dry. It's hard. It's hard on the top. Then right. I would give it some water. Uh, you want to do a little insecticide, a little soap and water on the plant before you bring it in. Yeah. I get it. I would not bag it up for a couple of days because, again, that's highly stressful. Even that raid is highly stressful. Soap and water is all you need uh, on the plant. Uh, any bugs that were in that soil have long abandoned because they're just sitting in your garage. Those bugs really don't want to be there. No. So uh, uh, it's really just a wash with soap and water, drain water thoroughly, get it in your house, get it in the sunshine, and see what happens. It should perk up. If it doesn't, call us next week, or you can email me if you want. And yes, ultimately, you may want to propagate it if it looks like the the um, plant isn't going to make it. It's very likely some part of it can make it. Well, it doesn't look like it doesn't look like it will make it. Okay. Not right now. Well, <laughs> give us a call back when you've done a little of the... Yeah, yeah. But the limpness could be connected to the dryness or the stress it's under in the dark. So for now, just do what I suggest. Give me a call next week if if you need more advice. Okay? Okay. Thanks, Sharon. And meanwhile, Frank will give you my email address in case you want that. Yes, absolutely. You can reach Charlie by uh, this. Here it is. C.Dobbin. That is D-O-B-B-I-N at mzmedia.com. That's okay. great. I, yeah. I'm so glad you do that because I never remember my email address. <laughs> Plus, like your own phone number. Yeah. yeah right. oh. Oh, I, don't know. I never call myself. Yeah, I never exactly, email exactly. myself either. You know, we have a, a lot of open lines right yeah, now. So, so I would I would really urge anybody who wants to ask a question or in past weeks you think, eh, I, I always get a busy thing. Well, no. Right now you won't. So in Toronto, call 416-360-0740. Anywhere in the province, toll free, one 866 44740. And when we come back, Charlie, why don't you say we have Kim Baker tell us a bit of her uh, knowledge that she has gained of recent days? Exactly. I think that's a great idea. Okay. All right. Coming back. Back in a moment. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, okay, Charlie, you brought Kim Baker in here. Let's I put did. her to work. Uh, huh? Well, exactly. You were just saying in the break there. Uh, let's let's hear a bit about what you learned yesterday. So yesterday, I went, we went uh, four and uh, so four of us went to um, 
the Ravine Symposium at Toronto Botanical Gardens, and it was amazing. It was phenomenal. And I would like to thank uh, Paul Zamet. He um, he sponsored uh, he you. sponsored us yeah. to go to uh, the summit, and it was. It was such an amazing experience, and I really wanted to thank him. So, thank you. And you said you've never been to the TBG. No, I had not. It was my first time, so it was really nice. So, we had some lectures, and then they took us on a, a brief tour, mm. which was wonderful. So, at least we got to see a little bit about what they were speaking about. Mm. Um, it was so informative. Things, I mean, I live in Port Perry, so, I mean, there's, you know, um, things around us. But, like, how they explained it, basically, is Toronto, the city, it is surrounded by parks Mm -hmm. and um these um like basically the symposium was to explore restore and celebrate so it was explaining to us all about the invasive Mm -hmm. um, plants that are Mm -hmm. taking over and how we can um, restore it and all these wonderful speakers who came to talk about what you can do what they're doing policies Mm -hmm. uh to help us restore these Mm -hmm. uh, these wonderful areas for us to go in and habitats for animals as well so yeah it was it was amazing well and there are a lot of ravines in Toronto because it's all got to do with the rivers right yeah right like where you you can almost never be out of sight of the Don River I find there's so many tributaries of the Don so whenever yeah and wherever that river runs there's a ravine attached to it right so and I and for sure and I know Paul alluded to it because he actually spoke to my first year students this past week yeah. at the college and he talked a little bit about the invasive species that have you know they've slowly but moved in and these are exotics these are non-native plants that are just taking advantage and, tough to get rid of. and oh. thriving yeah. and they have no natural predators no natural mm-hmm. enemies and they tend to wipe out and, and you know fill the space where the natives might move in the exotics take over okay That's so right. We're going to hold more information for just a smidge later because there are folks waiting on the line right now. And there's Barbara in Mississauga. Hey, Barbara, good morning. Oh, hi. Um, Nice to uh, get to talk to you on the show. Um, I love the show. Um, I have a Kalanchoa, and um, it has powdery mildew. I got it from a neighbor. They had it outside for the summer. They go away to Florida in the winter, so he gave me the plant. And it was fine till now, so five or six weeks it's been fine. Mm-hmm. And now it's got powdery mildew, and I don't know what to do. And it's a beautiful plant, so. And, okay, and you're sure it's, I call it calancho. Are you sure that that's the plant you've got? Um, that's what I was told it was. Okay. The reason I ask is just because it is not typically susceptible to powdery mildew. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, how, where have you got it located in your house? Um, I had it uh, in a sunny window. Oh. Because hmm. I think they like the light, eh? Absolutely. Yeah, they are Calancho have a, are considered a succulent. They have a thick, um, yeah. spongy mm-hmm. kind of a leaf. They have beautiful flowers, come in orange and red or pink. Yellow. Mm-hmm. Some whites, yellow. Uh, and, yeah, bright, bright light is what they want. Uh-huh. Dry down between waterings. Um, unu- okay. <clears throat> unusual to have powdery mildew. Check the surface of the soil. Make sure there's no debris, like old leaves okay. that have fallen down in there. So make sure that's nice, clean, and clear. Uh, obviously, only water when bone dry. So really oh, okay. let it dry out between waterings. Would overwatering over it cause it to get the powdery mildew? Perhaps, yeah. And, uh-huh. and it, just avoid water on the plant at all. So mm-hmm. uh, another good okay. example, maybe oh, just like the cyclone. Mm-hmm. Don't spray it. Uh, and water from below. Water from the saucer below, just like uh, we, we mentioned to Helen with her cyclamen. Don't get the plant wet. Water from below. Keep it in that bright sun. And uh, it, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. wipe off the mildew. Get to, get yourself. Oh, okay. um, best thing to do actually would be a Kleenex with a dipped in a mixture of half rubbing alcohol and half water. Okay. So um, and use that just to wipe okay. off the mildew and hope that you can annihilate those spores. Oh. Okay, super. Okay. Now, should it be separated from my other plants? Like the, I've got a Hoya Monaloa. Is it likely that it would? transfer Again, to that or other plants at all? It, potentially, if you have a tendency to overwater or your humidity is super high, Potentially, so always a good idea to isolate when a plant doesn't look great. Okay, super. But um, but again, Hoya is not susceptible to powdery mildew. But you, okay. on principle, do isolate for sure. Okay, super. okay, thank you. Thanks for calling, Barbara. And was Thanks that so Barbara? Was a, you're a first time caller by any chance? No, I'm not. You're not. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was just reaching for the bell just in case. Yeah, I know. Okay. Frank likes to get his exercise. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <right>? exactly. <laughs> he loves that bell. <laughs> uh, now here's a name that pops up fairly regularly mm, now on we the know call-in she's show. Not a first time show caller. That, that would be. Siva, uh-huh. located right here in Toronto. Hi, Siva. Good morning, guys. Good morning. I took up my dahlia bulbs. Uh-huh. I put them in a bag with fleas. Do I have to keep them damp or leave them as is? You put them in a bag with what? Leaves. Oh, leaves. Leaves. Okay, leaves is a bit unusual. I would not put it in a bag of leaves. Okay. Well, because the leaves could have life attached to the leaves, and that okay. life could then annihilate your dahlias. Okay. Better to, I- okay, so best thing is get yourself a brand new bag of potting soil that's never been used before. Okay. Or peat moss, something simple, even core, you know, the coconut fiber stuff, C-O-I-R. Okay. Something that's clean, clear, sterile is okay. what you want. Moisten for sure. Tuck your dahlia bulbs into that nice, moist, sterile medium. Not, okay. Not so the leaves. And do I keep them moist throughout the year? Or? You do, and you want to keep them cool, too. Okay, so, yeah, I have them in a cellar. Okay, and your cellar's cool, like a root cellar? Yes. Perfect, yep, oh, yeah. Great. So you want the moisture, but you want a sterile environment. Okay. okay, thank you very much. Thank you. I, I didn't see Frank at the Zuma show on Saturday. Oh, gee, I was there on Sunday. Okay, I yeah. missed you. Okay, oh. Thank you. Next time. Okay. Yeah, bye-bye. How, bye-bye. How was, was the Zoomer show? Was it, it was fun? great, yeah. yeah. Uh, Shirley and I went early, as a matter of fact. I had a so you could cruise device. the show? Yeah. And uh, there was a group there. I want to give them a plug because they're from Toronto. They call the Beach Party Boys, and they, they are a tribute band for the Beach Boys music, obviously. Oh. They were terrific. So if you ever see you that dancing a, and twirling and well, there, there's about nine, two, three hundred seat little mm-hmm. auditorium there, mm-hmm. and uh, you look. I look across the island. The gentleman that I was watching, he knew all. He had to be in his mid seventies. Oh, he knew all the words. He knew all the words. And he was singing right along. It was just great. It was great. <laughs> no, we had a marvelous time meeting a lot of our listeners too. Yeah. Uh, just Good. before we go to our next call, I felt. I felt myself being transported to my teens when I was going to high school, and I'm in the middle of a test, and I'm stumped in a question, and I glance over to the guy sitting next to me, and he's writing this thing. Oh, okay, I get it now. And I just did that. some notes that uh, Kim Baker has made here from her visit, <laughs> and I noticed he's one little line. Sneaking. It will, what to do, will, what will help? It will take 20 years. To see results. To see results. Yep. This from Paul Zamet in the uh, talk All that you 
the speakers. Yes. Uh, Basically, they're saying ravines are at the tipping point. Um, Our natural heritage will become a green desert if we don't take immediate action. Mm. And um, it will take decades to restore the integrity. Yeah. Um, And that's what we need to make people aware of what we can do to help this. Mm-hmm. And that was the whole point of the symposium. It was just phenomenal. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well. really. Yeah. So and it, so it was a call to action to get out and actually remove and, and not like get rid of some of these invasive species, I imagine. Well, that's or, right. To, yes, exactly. But the, the hard thing is they're, they're still researching how to do that. Like right. the strangling dog vine. I mean, I know. that... It's, uh, there was a gentleman who spoke, he did his thesis on it, and he spoke of, like, he did so many tests on in the soils to find out what is making this mm-hmm. grow so quickly mm-hmm. and all these factors. It was it was amazing. Wow. It was amazing. I mean, there's so much of a science to it, right? Yeah, I know. And there was a gentleman who spoke about worms as well, about mm-hmm. exotic uh, earthworms mm-hmm. and how they're not always helpful, right. which is interesting. So, yeah. yes, very interesting. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's true. We tend to think, you know, worms are good, but, right. but they are not native. And there are lots of worms here that are not native. And they well, that's eat right. It. That's what he said. Yeah. yeah. You were really paying attention. Good oh, for I you. Was. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like it was a good day. It was a lot I'm of I'm glad you guys were able wonderful. to go. Just glanced at our monitor here as we're chatting. <laughs> yep. And uh, there are a couple of lines open right now. So give a call to in Toronto, 416 360 Then anywhere in the province, it is toll free, 1 866 740 Let's uh, say hi to Diane, who's calling in from. Hamilton. Hey, good morning, Diane. Diana. Oh, good, I guess good morning. Good yeah. morning. Uh, I have a plant that was given to me. I live in an apartment building facing the, the lake, okay. Ontario. Yes. And the, the spelling is B R O M E L I A D S. Is that a tropical plant? Yes, it is. It's called a bromeliad. Oh, because I've never seen this kind of plant before, and uh, right now it's sitting on my balcony, and... Hmm, uh, better get that in before tonight. Well, well, well uh, uh, the flowers, the flowers, uh, God brown, mm. brown, uh, it, was, it was given to me at brown from my uh, neighbor in this apartment building, and... Uh, That's nice. Did it have, the, was the flower flowering when you were given the plant? No, the, the flower was... Brown. Brown. Okay, so... so it be, will it still be good if I bring it in and put it somewhere? Okay, so let me explain what you, you should do if you want to keep it alive. Yes, indeed, you must bring it in today. A um, t- couple of things. Since the plant has already flowered, and you can tell because in the middle of the plant there is a central uh, stem, which was the flower stem. Yeah. They're very showy plants. They can have pink flowers or red flowers. The flowers last for months and months and months. Eventually, though, the flowers turn brown. Uh-huh. When that happens, uh, the whole plant will die because this is a plant that once it flowers, the it's ended its life. Its life is over. The plant dies. Right. But in that process of dying and that browning and that becoming all crispy <laughs> from the bottom of the plant new green shoots will start to grow and we call those the daughter plants uh-huh. there can be more than one there can be two or three little green shoots will start to shoot off from the 
at the base of the dying mother plant. Uh-huh. So to keep this plant alive, you uh, f- let that happen. Get it in the house, or into your apartment, get it on a sunny window ledge. Always, always water into the center of the plant. It's like a rosette. Uh-huh. We don't water the soil. We water into the center. Bromeliads are same family as pineapples. So think of a pineapple and how, it, you know, if you just buy a pineapple at the store, you know how it's got that yeah. edible part, which is actually what was the flower. Mm-hmm. And then at the bottom, it's got all those leaves. That's what bromeliads, they grow just like that. And um, so the idea is always water into that central rosette. Watch for those green shoots coming from the bottom. It, if they're not showing yet, they will, assuming this plant is alive. And, uh, and you know, water once a week with a quarter of a cup, you know, sort of a warm, lukewarm room temperature water and then eventually get out your little knife and you're going to slice off those daughters and repot them and toss out mother and you're back in business and again it will flower those little babies will flower eventually it takes a few years should they cut off the uh the greed uh Leaves, leaves off the plant. The, the green little babies that are going to shoot from the bottom, yes, you will eventually cut those off, but wait until they're at least a couple inches tall before you even attempt to separate them from the mother. Okay? The, the, the leaves that are already growing on it. No, let it be. Whatever green leaves are there, let them, the green leaves be. Remove brown only. If you're going to cut something off, okay? Yes, uh, bromeliads can be a little bit of a challenge, mm-hmm. but they're really so heartwarming, I mean, and they're easy, as long as you've got a bright spot. Okay, thank you, Diane, and uh, thanks for joining us on this rather cloudy and uh, wet uh, November morning. I know, uh, but guess now. what? Yeah. Tomorrow, we gain an oh, hour. That's right. It's my favorite <laughs> day of the year. I love a 25-hour uh, day. Oh, Think okay. of the things I can get done tomorrow. <laughs> I noticed from our monitor, our next caller we'll get to in just a moment is from Normandale. And I'm trying to search my noggin. Have I ever driven driven through Normandale? I don't recognize the name. So we're going to ask Marjorie to tell us where Normandale is, (laughs) and then we'll get to her question right after these words here on Zuma Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Charlie Dobbin and our special guest, Kim Baker. And our other special guest, who's always here with me, Franklin Brockton. Yes, indeed. <laughs> now, Marjorie, where the heck is Normandale? <laughs> Hi, Marjorie. Good morning. Well, Normandale is a, a beautiful, beautiful little village between Port Dover and Turkey Point along Lake Erie. Oh, oh yeah, sure. Wow. Highway 3 area. Gorgeous. Right? Lucky yeah. you. And I'm very close to, I heard you mention the South Garden, South Coast Gardens. Oh, uh, right, right, right. That is operated by Kevin Cavanaugh. Right, and okay. he is the speaker at the upcoming Richmond Hill uh, Garden and Horticultural Society. Nope, nope, he's at the Riverdale Horticultural Society, November 14th. Well, he's a great guy, and I uh, I uh, know him to talk to him, and uh, and I'm very close to him, so. There you go. And what zone do you garden in there? Do you know? 
I don't know what zone I'm in. I just like to garden. <laughs> okay. Well, it's just you're that much warmer, right? Mm-hmm. And so his subject matter that he's going to be speaking on is zone pushing. And I guess they have a trial garden there at uh, South Coast Garden. So zone pushing is where, like I sometimes joke, I could keep a jade plant alive at the front of my, my southern wall, the front of my house, because it is so warm. In the middle of winter, the snow is Isn't melting. Funny, yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's always just absorbing so much heat yeah. from the, the, even a winter sun makes a difference there. So you can push zone in certain parts of your garden yeah. more than others. I so, what's, what's your question yes, uh, this morning? Uh, well, it's about a hydrangea that I was given uh, several years ago. It was from a greenhouse that was given to me on Mother's Day. Mm. And uh, and then I put it outside. Mm. And it was uh, the mauve color originally, but uh, uh, later years it has been pink. But mm-hmm. um, Last year, I had one huge uh, bloom on it, and it's one smaller one. Years before, it had had more blooms. And it's on the north side of my house, and it's uh, under a bit of a soffit. Uh, it doesn't get any sun because it's at the north side. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it has done very well. But um, now, this fall time, the the uh, leaves and the branches have got so long, I was wondering, can I cut mm. them off uh, in the yeah. fall time? Or? You can if, you, if it's, you're worried that it's going to break or it's interfering with a walkway or something like that. You can. Generally, I, I leave the hydrangeas for the winter because if there are flowers, they're quite ornamental even in the winter, right? They get that bronzy, crispy look to them. Um, so uh, it, it, hydrangeas are pretty amenable. Spring or fall uh, pruning, no big deal to them. So how far could I cut it back, more or less, from the bottom? Uh, well, ultimately, yes. Ultimately, you are going to bring it right down to, yes, four to six inches tall in the spring. So you could do that in the fall. Okay. How, but what I would recommend is next spring, feed that plant. Get some get some fertilizer. And it, best case scenario, get fertilizer that will be for acid-loving plants. And what? That way, there'll be sulfur in the fertilizer, and you will get back to mauve flowers as opposed to pink. Well, I love the pink ones, okay, really. There you go. So any flowering plant fertilizer would work. So could I put uh, manure, like the sure. bags of manure that you buy? Yep, yep, absolutely. That's a, high, that's a completely organic way of feeding your plants, and that will certainly, uh, always amending the soil with organic matter is great, and that will feed as well. Uh, challenge is you don't know exactly what you're feeding when it comes to manure, but nevertheless, yeah. you are giving good organic material, you are giving life to the soil, and you are providing nutrient through that process. So for sure, definitely. Yes. Fall okay. or spring or both when it comes to adding manure. Fall or spring. Is yep, that what you yep, said? yep. Fall. Any, you can do spring or fall, but always feed your plants in the spring, but you can amend your soil anytime. Sure. Oh. Okay. All right. Thank you very, very much. I really enjoy your, uh, your program. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you, Marjorie. Alrighty, uh, you t- Kim. At any point, you feel free to jump yeah, right in okay. here. Okay, I just was having a flashback from Soyuz class from Charlie. <laughs> that conversation. <laughs> no, but I mean, if you have any, if I've forgotten something in these, because I know I'm, I keep sort of talking, but you know, yeah. Kim knows a lot. She's been in this business for a while, and she is a second year student, so she absolutely has learned some stuff along the way. Yes. Well, I'm looking at the monitor and going, "Hey, here's a second call from Hamilton this morning." There's Donna on the line. Good morning, Donna. Good morning. Yeah. Um, I received a memory box in July, and I repotted all the plants. And now I'm finding that the Dracaena has these little white marks on it. Mm. 
and uh, I was wondering how how to uh, get rid of these um, little critters. Okay, do they look like little balls of uh, cotton bat? Or, you no. know, cotton balls? No, they're they're little long, mm. and they're white. Do you and see? They're like a creamy color, yeah. And they're on the green leaves or in the soil? They're on the leaves. Do you see legs on these little white things? No, but they do move. But I, yeah. I, I, I went up to the uh, florist, and mm-hmm. she said that that's white fly, but they're not flying around. Yeah, no, no, white fly definitely flies. It's very white. You see them, yeah. And you're right; they're kind of elongated, but but as soon as you sort of bang the bottom of the pot, they'll take off and fly, and they're pure white. I'm thinking you probably have mealybug, but it, the fact that they don't look like cotton batting is fine. It could, the young nymphs, when they're first born, do not have the white fuzziness. They're just little white insects that move very slowly, but they do move. Okay. And the drag, if actually, pretty, pretty well any insect on a dracaena is very difficult to annihilate because there's so many good hiding spots. Well, right? I found Down them in the, in center. the stem. Yeah, well, that's it. Because of the way a dracaena grows with that rosette of leaves in the center and the growing tip is way down in that center where you can't actually see or put an, you know, you can spray with your insecticide, but insecticides must contact the insect, which is fine. If you can see the insect, you can spray it, contact it, kill it. But down deep inside that little rosette, you can't contact the insect very well. It's worth a try, though. Do quarantine that plant from your other plants, though. Do not let that insect spread. You're seeing a rosette. Um, These leaves are just green and purple and white. They're long and almost looks like a little miniature palm tree. Right. That's true. No, I'm saying rosette only in the sense of if you look down on the plant, where the growing tip is, is in the center there. And if you look there closely, that is technically a rosette, the way it grows from the center point. But you're absolutely right. It does look like a palm. They're long, narrow leaves. And and those are easy to spray. It's just getting into that growing point that's hard. So it um, might be better just to to get rid of it. Might. It might. I mean, it's worth a try, but, uh, you know, do quarantine it, like I said. Yeah. Don't let it spread, for heaven's sake. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank right. you, Donna. Thanks for calling. Okay. Thank you very much, and I enjoy the show very much. Thank okay. you. Take care of Hamilton for us, will you? <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll be back to say hi to Barbara in Mississauga and Joe in London, both of those callers waiting online. And we'll be back to them very shortly here on Charlie Dobbins' Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Okay, it's experiment time. All righty. Well, we've nice. got our special guest, Kim Baker, in, who's a student of Charlie's. And we're going to, this is uh, how to become a, a garden show host. Right. So, Barbara, I hope you'll comply here from Mississauga. Uh, ask your question of Kim, okay? And we'll see what she says. All righty? Go ahead there, uh, Barbara. Good luck with your studies. <laughs> Thank um, you. Uh, basically, um, I've got um, a mandevilla, and I want to put the angel trumpet in the house. And I was wondering, would they bloom in the winter? Mm. Would they bloom in the winter? Um, I guess with the right amount of light, uh-huh. um, you definitely want some warmth there. Um, uh-huh. Water it regularly, and I think it should be fine. It might not bloom as much uh-huh. um, just because of the, the winter weather, but I think it, it, it might, actually. Just make sure you keep it in a nice, warm spot, mm. and I think you should be fine. 
Yeah, if you've okay. got that southern window is the best, right? That, that yeah. brightest right, right. window. Right, Yes. Uh-huh. Our... The, the mandevilla, it, it, had, it has all these uh, sort of string, stringers. Mm-hmm. That right. Would, you know, I guess it would find on something if it could. Um, and I tried to cut them off, but it causes it to bleed, this white liquid. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. So I'm thinking it's probably not a good idea. That probably hurts it, right? Right, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, the mandevilla, I assume, is in a pot right now. Yes, Just uh-huh. grab, make sure you got a couple of steaks or a little mini trellis or something in there yeah exactly because it is a vining plant it needs to climb onto something otherwise it's going to be you know climbing up your walls and into your light fixtures (laughs) and looking for a a spot to go (laughs) okay super Go ahead. What was that? Right. Fertilize as well. Give it a fertilizer. I wouldn't fertilize now. Light levels are too low, but certainly starting in February, definitely start regular fertilizing. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you, Barbara. The and first, thank you, Kim. And uh, thank you. All right. Way to go. New talk show host in the making right here. On I need Zoomer some time. Radio. Okay. Uh, we're going to uh, London, Ontario. Uh-huh. There's Joe on the line. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, your old hometown. Oh, that's, that's right. right. London. <laughs> yeah. Got a quick question. I know time's getting on. Um, apple trees. When is the best time to trim them back and how much? Okay, so this is actually a very good question. Did you want to jump in on this, Kim? Uh, you can go ahead, but yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, yeah. <laughs> Okay, the all the best absolute best time to trim trim apple trees is late winter. Late winter. Late winter. So we're talking February, we're talking March, we're talking a dry sunny day. Okay. You never do any kind of major pruning or any pruning at all on a wet day. Very sharp implements. Very okay. sharp yeah. implements. Yes. Now, how hard do you trim? Now that is a great question because apple pruning is unlike any other pruning. Uh-huh. Apple trees need to be trained to to maximize the, the yield of the fruit, right? I mean, we want a healthy, good-looking tree, but we're really growing it for the edible fruit. Yeah, so, it seems like I'm growing them for the squirrels. <laughs> and then there's the squirrels. Yeah. And they take one bite, and then they toss the apple, and then yeah. they grab another apple and right. take one bite. I know, they drive me nuts. Uh-huh. So... Um, my suggestion, it's very hard to describe apple tree pruning other than to say it's for a wide open, outward facing growth, okay. typically, um, and you avoid, you want but there's some great videos on YouTube. There's great books written on the subject as well. Okay. So local yeah. library pruning fruit trees uh, or Google pruning fruit trees. Mm-hmm. M- try and um, follow advice that is from a Canadian website or a Canadian book or at least a northern North America. Uh-huh. Avoid, you know, a, a California, Florida perspective where they don't have apples anyway. So yeah. just make sure that you, you're concentrating on, on working yeah. with the information that's mm-hmm. relevant to where we live. What's our zone? Would I be in? In London, you're prob- you might be zone five. You might be zone six, depending on where you're located in London. Uh-huh. Fair, you, you're Frank cl- will tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true. Except Frank, you know, he can kill fake plants. So That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Plastic plants, they're afraid of me, too. <laughs> So he doesn't know much about zones. <laughs> okay. Well, that's for him. I'll look at the library and see yeah. what I can get. Education's great. I appreciate your call. I, I listen to your show every week. Thank weekend. you. Thank well, you. Great. Very good. Thank you. That's so super. Thank calling. you so much, Joe. Yeah. I have fond memories, of course, my hometown. Mm-hmm. Worked at this, a couple of radio stations there, CKSL and then uh, CFPL Television and Radio. Do they still so, exist, yes. those ones? Yeah. 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 
They do. You didn't destroy. Uh, I didn't destroy <laughs> some, them. No. Some of the stories from your youth are oh, actually quite, yeah, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. fall off your chair laughing kind of stuff. <laughs> hey, so uh, next week, uh, where are you going to be, oh, Frank, my friend? Uh, I'll be down uh, in the uh, Florida area around um, Fort, well, it's about half an hour north of Fort Lauderdale. Uh, Deerfield Beach for anybody sort of who's in Boca the area. Raton area. Yeah. <laughs> Wants to join yeah. you for a martini yeah, yeah, yeah. or something? <laughs> Meet you by the pool. <laughs> See you there. something cool to drink, okay? <laughs> I hate you. Actually, I, I, <laughs> I like you a lot, yeah. but I sometimes really hate you. Uh, yeah, you have a really good time on your holiday. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I will not be here all by myself next week because it's always more fun to be here with somebody. So I've invited Lindsay Nightingale to join. She is, speaking of maintenance, she runs a company called Yorkshire Garden Services, which is based in Newmarket. And uh, she will be here. Her her kind of her, her thing, her tagline is she'll do anything in the garden except she does not do lawns. So, oh, there you go. so okay. she's yeah. a, a pruner, a planter, a nice. creator of beautiful containers, uh, you know, borders. Etc. But lawns are not her bailiwick okay. whatsoever. Hey, Kim Baker, thank you yes. for guesting with us today. Well, thank it's been you fun. for having me. I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, great. I'm so happy you came in, and so happy you learned and had a great time at the Ravine Symposium. Oh, so. I did, I did. And you know, there's so much information out there for people to look it up. So please look, plant your pollinating gardens, and yeah. just do what you can to help. I hear you. Yeah. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Frank. Thank you. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.